Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, show 30, Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology podcast. My name's Carl, and with me is our tech guru, Pete. Hello. Everything we discuss is based on feedback from our listeners. Check out frequencycast.co.uk to get involved. Let's take a look at what we're covering in today's show as we take another tantalizing take on technology. How thirsty is your tech kit? A look at some of today's smartphones. The latest on the Freeview HD plans. Some power saving suggestions. Plus your questions on FreeSat, Wi-Fi, Setenta and High Def. But now, here's Pete with a look at the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast. Now loading. News. Time for a look now at the latest TV and tech news. First off, ITV and Channel 4 have submitted bids to the regulator Ofcom for their Freeview High Definition services. It's planned that Freeview Multiplex B will be reconfigured to support HD before 2012. The Beeb are in line for one channel, with ITV and Channel 4 after the other two slots. ITV is planning to simulcast their 6pm to 11pm slot in high definition, with a target of 65% of their content being in high definition by 2012. Channel 4's bid for the Freeview HD slot would allow them to simulcast their existing 24-hour HD service that's currently available on Sky. Staying with Freeview, if you have a PlayStation 3, from the 19th of September 2008, you can get Freeview on your PS3. For £70, you can buy Play TV, which supports Freeview, has a 7-day EPG, and turns your PS3 into a digital recorder. Available to pre-order now, there's a photo and a link on our show notes. Also on the subject of Freeview, over the last couple of shows we've been covering the story of Freeview boxes self-destructing. Well, the Freeview transmitter updates that have trashed Daewoo, Bush, Triax, Portland and Labgear boxes is now complete, leaving a potential quarter of a million Freeview boxes destined for the bin. We've covered this in recent shows. If you've missed the story, see our show notes for the pointers. Some channel news now, starting with high definition. Sky has just announced seven more HD channels will be added to their lineup in September, bringing the total of high definition channels to 26 on Sky. Six of these new channels will be movie channels, with the seventh being an HD version of Sky Real Lives. Some radio news now. Upcoming digital station E4 from Channel 4 is now set for an April 2009 launch, not on a new national DAB multiplex as planned, but on the existing DAB Digital One multiplex. E4 Radio plans to be a rival to BBC Radio 4 when it finally launches. Some phone news now. iPhone. There have been two updates from Apple in the last month, mainly to fix bugs. As of 31st of August, the current version is v2.0.2. Updates available from iTunes. And sticking with phones, remember the Skype phone we reviewed last year? Well, a new version's just been released. The Skype phone S2 still allows Skype to Skype calls for free and now supports Windows Live Messenger, Facebook, Google and RSS feeds. The camera's been upgraded too, from 2 to 3.2 megapixels. And the S2 also doubles as a USB modem for your laptop, free on contract or £80 on pay-as-you-go. And finally, fancy yourself as a spy? There's a new gadget just in from the US, sunglasses that have a built-in 1.3 megapixel camera. 
These glasses have one gig of onboard memory for photos, and the camera is triggered by a wireless keyring for clandestine snapping. The battery lasts for nine hours. Oh, and there's also an onboard MP3 player. Supplied with clear and polarized lenses, these are pretty cheap and likely to fool most folks. See the picture on our show notes to see if you'd be fooled. That's it for the news, and we didn't mention the Olympics once. Frequency cast now loading. Focus. So fundamentally, it's a fantastic time for focus. Indeed, it is. What are we focusing in on today? That's correct. We are well done. Focus. No. In on. No. Today. What did you say? What are we focusing in on today? What are we talking about? We're talking about watts. Ah. <laughs> there you go. I knew I'd get you with that. The cheesy ones are the best, aren't they? Yeah. So, by the request of our listeners, we're actually talking about power consumption and wattage. Wattage for what? For what? Yes, correct. What? Wattage for what? Uh, what? 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 Wattage. How many watts can we get in one sentence? Nine hundred and seven, I think, if we're clever. So this actually came up as a result of our conversation about the BT Home Hub. Uh, We had a question in saying, how many watts does a BT Home Hub consume? No, I don't know. How many watts does a Home Hub consume? And actually, I couldn't find the answer anywhere. So I thought we'd dedicate a little bit of this show to talking about power consumption and that kind of stuff. The problem is, when you talk about watts and how many watts something takes... It's a little bit confusing. Now, I actually got caught out by this when I very first was taught the whole Ohm's Law and Watts and Amps. And you remember all that rubbish? V equals I times R. Uh, Yeah, that doesn't give you watts, though. No. Volts, amps and resistance. Yeah, yeah. Volts times amps equals the watts. Right. Well, what's this all about? Exactly. For those of you that haven't done their physics, what we're going to do is explain a little bit about power consumption and basically how to work out how much something costs. This is a bit of an educational um, show because we're going to explain the whole process. Because if you assume something like a 60-watt light bulb, right? how do you calculate how much that's going to cost you, let's say, a year? Do you know how to do the maths on that? Um, I assume you work out how many amps that uses. or No, I have no idea. I don't care. So you get your electricity bill. And on there it says, we're going to charge you, I don't know, I mean, my electricity bill is about 60 quid a month, which is quite a lot. That's probably just because of all the red light bulbs you've got on at night. And on there, you basically get the amount that you, you do, and then your total of kilowatt hours, which is worked out from your meter. Right. So what you have to do is work out from a kilowatt hour how long it will take to power up a light bulb, for instance. And it's not actually amazingly obvious how to actually do this. It's not at all obvious to me. You're struggling, aren't you? I can tell. So a watt is how much energy it takes to actually light up a light bulb, say. So a 60-watt light bulb it needs 60 watts to be on. Now, that's not 60 watts a minute or an hour or anything. It just happens to need 60 watts to be on. So what you have to actually do is work out a watt hour. So how many watts per hour? Right, okay, okay. I'm getting this. So what we'll do is we'll do a very simple calculation just to to make this fairly clear. Let's take a 60-watt light bulb. You have a 60-watt light bulb. If you divide that by 1,000, you actually get 0.06 kilowatt hours. Just did that off your head, didn't you? (laughs) I have been writing a website about this recently, so I'm, I'm kind of up to speed with this. So that gives you your kilowatt hours. Then what you do is you multiply that by the price that your electricity provider charges you for a kilowatt hour. So in that particular example, we're being charged 10p per kilowatt hour. So if you think about it, for a light bulb, let's say you have a light bulb on for an hour, it's 0.06 kilowatt hours, that equals 0.006 pence, so just over half a pence. Broken the bank already. There you go. So what I'm going to do is I've done some some simple mathematics on some general household and electrical equipment. See if you can tell me how much it's going to cost. Hold on a minute. Can we can we just turn off all the studio lights? Because it's going to be a lot cheaper to do this show today. So first of all, I'm going to show you a gadget. Are you ready for a gadget? Always. What I need you to do is I need you to pass... See that lamp over there, that little angle poise? 
Oh yeah, what the one over here on the guest desk? Yeah, all right. Right. Well done. Okay. This. What's this? Describe that quickly. It looks like a, a plug socket. You know the ones that you when you go on holiday and you put them on a timer. <laughs> it looks like one of those. It's a plug socket with a timer on it. Exactly. Right. And what we need is we're going to have to move over here. Excuse me a second. Wandering <laughs> over here. So what I'm going to do is plug this in. It's plugged into our handy extension socket. Into that I will plug in the angle angle poise lamp. Okay. And if you just turn the lamp on for me. Ooh, it's all bright in here. If I press that middle button there. What does that say there? 59 watts. It's wrong. That's a 60 watt bulb. <laughs> there you go. So basically what this is... Hang on, let me just go and sit down again. So this little device plugs into your socket in the wall, and on here you can actually see the volts, the amps, the watts, and the frequency, and the kilowatt hours of your equipment. So what I did was I took this around my house, plugged it into a few gadgets, wrote down some numbers, and then did the maths to find out how much these things consume. And what was the shocking result? Okay, let's pick some equipment. Let's see if we can uh, see if I can surprise you here. So uh, let's um, electric light bulb, sixty watts. Let's assume you have your light on for five hours a day for a year. Give me a price. Let's see about five hours a day. Say half a pence every hour. Turn off your day and every pence every hour. Start about nine pounds ten a year. Eleven quid a year for a sixty watt bulb. That's okay. Okay, I'm going to run down a couple of the domestic ones here. So, um, kettle, if you assume your kettle's on for about 15 minutes a day, that's going to cost you 17 quid a year in running your kettle. Uh, washing machine, about 50 quid a year. Fridge, about 30 quid a year. Uh, looking at computers, the 17-inch uh, monitor we've got in the corner of the studio there, that's 23 quid a year. Uh, PC's probably going to be something like about 100 watts. That's going to set you back about 30 quid a year if you left your PC on for eight hours a day. That's you, isn't it? Uh, that is me, yes. Mine's on longer than eight hours a day as well. Um, home Hub was actually what started us off on this. Let's assume our Home Hub is on 24 hours a day. The new BT Home Hub 2.0 takes 10 watts, so that effectively is going to be about nine quid to keep your Home Hub on for a year, which isn't too bad. And the new Home Hub 2.0 has a power save mode that drops down to seven watts. Good. And so how much will that cost you a year on average? Uh, if you Well, you probably only have the power saving on when you're not using it, so kind of varies. If you had it on complete power save all the time, it would be about seven quid. All right. Mm -hmm. The little um, home plug power lines that we use for our BT Vision box, that's about two quid a year, two or three quid a year. Your average printer on standby is probably going to be three or four quid a year. Uh, TV set, how much to, uh, to run your TV four hours a day? That's going to be expensive. That's quite a drainer, isn't it? Uh, especially if it's an old tube telly. Uh, 40 quid a year. We actually measured this on a Sony Bravia um, LCD screen. And that was about 20 quid a year. Uh, on standby, only 46p. So it's not that bad. A year? 46p a year. Well, it's assuming 20 hours a day on standby would be 46p. Because it only actually takes 0.6 watts. Ooh. Um, hard disk recorders was an interesting one. So something like the Humax PVR disk recorder would be about £4.50 a year on full or 366 on standby. Skybox, £9.61 a year if you leave it on. Or if you put it into standby, it's going to be £3.36 over the year. BT Vision, 16 quid to run a BT Vision box. Ooh. Mm. But slightly better on standby, uh, only £2.80. Um, and your average DVD recorder, £2.59 to run it a year. Surprising, isn't it? What about a mobile phone charger? Um, I would have thought that's actually reasonably cheap. Yeah, so we tried it with a, a Nokia uh, 6033. Uh, it's only 4 watts, so that's about 4 quid a year. And our little iPhone uh, was only two watts. That's so about two quid a year. So there's a lot of little carbon footprints we're doing, isn't it? But they're going to be devastating in the long run. It's like having a herd of army ants running through your jungle. Well, if you start adding up all of these numbers and thinking about how many more light bulbs you've got and how often you use the washing machine and the toaster and stuff like that, it really does add up. So 
I don't want to be all environmental on you here particularly, but um, it may be worth investing in something like this, this uh, plug socket. It's about 25 quid. We'll let you measure how much your equipment's using on a per piece of equipment basis. If you remember, we talked about the effigy meter, the thing that plugs into your house's main supply and gives you a, how much you're spending each day. Yeah, isn't that better? Because that, I remember that one. That was the one you actually connected to the uh, the mains out of your, your fuse box or something to that effect, wasn't it? That's that one, yeah. That's quite handy. And then you could put that anywhere around your house you like. Little wireless thing, it uh, loops around your main supply. This can go anywhere in the house and just show you how much you're currently consuming. And also give you a daily, weekly and yearly cost. So this is a very good thing to keep an eye on. I like that. And how much uh, energy does this plug thing that you just shown me take up then? Do you know what? I think we need a meter to measure the meter, don't we? I think we should. One other thing to show you, uh, what's this? Uh, that's a USB. And on the other end? Uh, it's an eco button. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> it's like a panic button, isn't it? Go on, press the button, press the button, press the button. Didn't do much for me. <laughs> Not plugged in, fortunately, so it doesn't do anything. But this puts your PC into a special economy power-saving standby mode. When you switch your PC back on again, it pops up a message saying how much power you've saved. Very handy if you've got a PC that you keep sort of on standby, but you want to try and save your bills. Little eco button. Nifty? Yep, I think every office environment should have one. Hold on a minute, let's take a picture and put it on the website. Anyway, there you go. So that's our little feature on Watts. Hopefully you're all feeling wonderfully educated now. What we've done is put up on our website a little table that shows you some of these comparisons and also how to do the maths. So if you're worried about your consumption, find out... Eh, what's up, Doc? ...on our website. Well, I've got the power, um, so let's snap into the next one. OK, what I need is your phone. Hand over your phone, sir. You can't have my phone. Cheeky monkey, go get your own. Scumbag. So your phone is a Nokia... My goodness, man, I've never... This is a Nokia, like, Nokia 1, isn't it? So this has got a four-line display. It's colour, at least. You've got a colour display in there. OK, fine. Take that away. It's disgusting. I'm going to show you some other phones and get your opinions on it. So your phone, you've got the Nokia One over there, which is a bit of a brick, not particularly exciting. So we've got a little collection of phones here. I'm going to run through these uh, very quickly. We had on our uh, vote for what you want us to talk about page, smartphones. It's been on there for a while. A lot of people have voted for it. So we thought we'd have a quick whiz through some phones. This one we covered a few shows ago. This, you remember this one? I do. Is this the lobster? No, it's not a lobster. That was a TV one. This is a Skype phone. Yep, that's the three Skype phone. Smaller and sexier than yours. Also probably cheaper. Hold that. Lovely. Yeah, it's quite nice. It's got a camera as well, isn't it? Uh, just a two megapixel one. And that's powered by an operating system called Brew. <laughs> this just means nothing to me. <laughs> if you could see the look on Carl's face here. <laughs> Shaggy. <laughs> okay, that's a Brew phone. Right, throw that away. We don't like that one. Lovely. Okay. This we talked about in uh, show 28, I think it was. You remember that one? Yeah, that's the BlackBerry style thing, isn't it? Yep, the BT to go. So this is a Windows mobile smartphone smartphone. Uh, very nice. We covered that a couple of shows ago, so we won't spend too much time on that. This one, this is my um, my main phone at the moment. This is an O2 XDA Orbit 2, another Windows mobile phone. Look at that. That's all right. I like the little uh, nipple thing. It's a, like a ball. That's like those old um, underarm deodorant. Oh, actually, probably still do them, don't they? Those balls. You sure that ball's not actually from an underarm deodorant? Give it a sniff. <laughs> no. So I like this phone because it is very, very compatible with Windows. So for synchronising, contacts, calendar, Excel spreadsheets and Word documents, very handy little phone. This is probably the Windows phones have got the best synchronisation out there. They don't screw up your diary entries, which is primarily why I like it. A little bit weak on the camera front, but it's not a bad little phone, is it? Looks like going to me. Now then, what about this one? Yes, it's an iPhone. It's black. It's not working. <laughs> you do have to turn it on. So this is finally, at last, an Apple 3G phone. Look at that. Isn't that the sexiest thing imaginable? 
Now you're going to like this. You're actually now, for the first time, going to want one of these phones because these now support third-party applications. Sorry, what? Third-party applications. So you can actually install more software than the free software that you get with it. So, okay, I'm going to show you something clever here. We might have to just... Is that a game? Why? <laughs> what I'm now showing, Carl, is something called the Carlin iBeer. Watch this. So we're actually seeing the iPhone screen fill with lager. Now as I take a sip... <laughs> That would just be infuriating on a hot day, wouldn't it? Can you imagine that? You fill up, you've got, oh, it actually empties. Yeah. Oh, good grief. So as I'm tipping the phone, it's using the motion sensor to actually pour the drink into my mouth. Isn't that clever? You could use it as some sort of form of Chinese torture, couldn't you? This is the application you're going to like. So that's that's the Carlin beer thing. The one you're going to like is this one. What does that say? Phone saber. Oh, good grief. It's a lightsaber on your phone. What's this going to do? Okay. So pick a colour. Well, obviously the red one. Okay. Ready? Yep. So my lightsaber, the screen has filled with a lightsaber. Now, if I move the phone around... strike a blow <laughs> I think that's cool it's actually tracking the and when you finish you just put your lightsaber away not good it's worth getting an iPhone just <clears throat> is there any technology out there that is actually required by anyone is there anything that anyone actually needs <laughs> I want a lightsaber in my pocket. This is the lightsaber. Look, it's brilliant. You said that to a girl the other day anyway when she said, are you pleased to see me? There you go. So I've got a pint and a lightsaber now. I'm happy. The investment for this hideously expensive but lovely piece of kit is all now worthwhile. <laughs> you may laugh. You're the opposite of happy, aren't you? Now, I want to show you this one. This is so new, we haven't even peeled off the little bit of screen protector off the front here. It's not actually the most revolutionary phone in the world, but it is fairly new. We haven't talked about it on the show before. I'm just going to boot this up here. So you can tell from that, what maker phone is this? Uh, no, no, Nokia. This is the Nokia 6220 phone. Almost as good as mine then, isn't it? There you go. So it's not one of the mega top of the range ones. It's not like the new Nokia N96 or the uh, N60. N64, what's that, Nintendo? Yes, it's not a Nintendo 64. This is actually so new, we haven't even done the startup screen yet. Here we go. So I wanted to give this a mention because this is actually a very, very powerful little phone and it's actually available free on a lot of networks. A lot of people won't be aware of this. This is what's called a Nokia Series 60 phone. So it's a proper smartphone, but this is actually a rather sexy little phone. So what this actually has is this has GPS on board. So this is like your sat-nav, yeah? Nokia Maps satellite navigation stuff, yeah? Right, that's nice. I like the size of it, to be honest with you. It's a, a proper phone size. This is what phones should look like. Yeah, it's what we'd call a candy bar in the trade, because it looks like a bar of candy. Well, it doesn't, but it does. I thought it's called a brick. <laughs> no, yours is a brick. Your old Nokia 1 over there. Right. It's possibly a little bit plasticky. That's maybe the only downside I'd, I'd say about it. A little bit on the plasticky side, but it's not a bad phone. Um, full colour screen, obviously. 256 meg internal memory, so it'll hold a few discs and things. Takes a micro SD card, so you can get a 2 gig card for all your music and whatever. FM radio, USB, Bluetooth, high speed data and everything. The really good bit is on the back, though. So we've got on the back there... Well, it's a camera, isn't it? You've got a lens that is actually dust-protected. It's got a little switch on it to protect it, which is a nice touch. And a text message coming in. So, my iPhone there, two-gig camera. How can you have a text message coming in? You haven't got any friends. <laughs> so, two-meg camera in the old iPhone over there. This has actually got five-meg camera. 
and a Carl Zeiss lens, no less. Ooh, very posh. And it's actually got your proper Xenon flash as well, so none of these these cheap little sensory flashes. So actually, a 5 meg camera with a, a proper flash, a little lens cover. Nice. With that, of course, you've got your GPS. It's also got an FM radio, RDS. Little headphone socket, little USB socket. Irritate me, the headphone socket is a 2.5mm, not a 3.5mm. So standard headphones need an adapter, which is a bit of a pain, but never mind. Right. And it also has a TV out. So if you record a video clip on it, you can plug a lead into straight into your telly. It comes free with a lead that does it as well. So you can actually use it as a, a camcorder and plug it up to your telly, which is quite nifty. That's nice. So I did want to give that a mention. For anyone that's considering getting a new phone, this little beastie is available on Orange, O2 and the 3 network. And it's actually free on most contracts, which is not bad. So for a really powerful phone, if you're looking for something new, I would certainly recommend this little beast, the 6220 from Nokia. It's lovely. I'm impressed. There you go. Have we covered phones? I think we've done a nice little look at phones. I think if we want to go into any more detail, not only is there the website, of course, which is www.frequencycast.co.uk, but we will actually go into more detail if you send us some emails or even some texts. Well, this is what I was going to say. Going back to this phone, our little Skype phone. Now, this at the moment has the Frequencycast SIM card in. So I was wondering if our listeners perhaps fancied texting in the phone they have or even the phone operating system they have. We'll do a little vote on favourite phones, favourite operating systems, see how many iPhone users we've got, Windows mobile, Symbian devices, Nokia devices. So if you fancy texting in the uh, make and model of your phone, plus your name and where you're calling from, we will read out a few on the next show. And the text number is... 07882043521. So we'll look forward to hearing from you. May the force be with you. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. Okay, now it's time for some intense interaction with me and Pete, where we answer all your intellectual questions and some others. And let's just remind folk how they can get in touch with us. They can call our pod line on 0208 133 Or you can email us via our website, frequencycast.co.uk. Or you can send us a pigeon with a piece of paper wrapped to his leg. So, Carl, what have we got first? First off, Shane Doveton's mailed in. He's got a Humax FreeSat receiver and in non-freesat mode, sees the letters N-D after some Sky channels. What do the letters stand for? Hi Shane, good question. In the satellite TV world, the initials N-D-S are associated with a secure TV encryption service called VideoGuard. If you see N-D or N-D-S, you're trying to view a channel that's encrypted by VideoGuard and requires a subscription. And now Mike Hoyle asks... Having had my Dayu DS608P blanked on the 5th of August, will Freeview guarantee that all the digital boxes with the digital tick will continue to function after any future updates, before and after the switchover? Ah, another victim of the transmitter upgrade. Freeview are not actually responsible for these dead boxes. It's the fault of the manufacturers for not fully implementing the specification. Although the digital tick is a good indication of compliance, Freeview don't make or license boxes, so they don't guarantee them. Talking of the Freeview landfill issue, James Oxley and Darren Nay have both been in touch saying they have problems with the SageM PVR unit, so it looks like this could be affected as well, although we can't confirm this. John Spriggs has been in touch. His dad is getting frustrated with his MS Vista computer. It keeps crashing, and he's thinking of trying one of the alternatives. I've told him to take a look at the Mac... And the Ubuntu. Is it worth it if all he wants is something stable to browse the web from, read emails, and write a few snotty letters to the Daily Mail? Also, can you recommend any good genealogy software? Pete. 
Mm, hi John, perhaps good old Windows XP. It's stable and if your dad's comfy with Windows, this will save on the learning curve. As for Family Tree software, I've been doing mine for years using a program called Roots Magic, which is really good, runs on Vista and XP, and creates some nice looking websites too. And we've got one here from Alan Brown. He's mailed us about FreeSat. He says, regarding HD services on FreeSat, is there anywhere I can get to know what HD programs will be broadcast on ITV? Amazingly, it's actually quite difficult to get a decent listing of ITV's HD shows. Even the ITV.com site doesn't really help. The best we've found so far is a DigiGuide user channel. Link on our show notes. Now, a podline call. Hi, my name's Mark from London. Just discovered your podcast. Love it, all the things I'm interested in. I have a query about uh, broadband. I'm using Orange Internet Broadband. um, And I have a Nokia 6301 as well, which would allow you to connect your um, phone winning range to the internet. Some of the signal around my house is a bit weak from the broadband. I want to know if I buy a repeater, would I still be able to use my Nokia 6301 to make calls from my broadband repeater? Well, yes, I don't see why not, as long as the phone itself can get an internet connection from the router. Also, another query if anyone can help, I'm a blind customer, unable to see the display of the 6301, so I have no actual way of knowing really whether the call is going through the router or on the Orange Public Network. Is there something I can do to switch off from the Orange Network and, and only use the Orange router so I can be sure that my call is going via the router. Anyone has any ideas, I'd be grateful. And I'm listening to your podcast on my Nokia N82 and it's wonderful, your podcast that is. As for turning off the phone to ensure that you use Wi-Fi, I'm not sure. I wonder if you've perhaps considered using a wireless voice over internet phone, perhaps one of the Skype Wi-Fi phones. And we've just had a message in from... Oh... Steve, our producer, he asks, why didn't you mention BT Vision HD in the news? Yeah, good point. Okay, personally, I blame Keith Chegwin. Anyway, there has been some interesting news for BT Vision customers. In August, BT Vision set-top boxes got a software upgrade in readiness for their HD content service. The Vision Box already has HD capability, but it's not yet been used. That's all due to change by the end of summer this year. It seems there's not actually enough bandwidth for HD over broadband, but what you will be able to do is download shows directly to your V Plus box so you can watch them later. That's good news for BT customers with an HD TV. Carl, who's next? Next, Keith Green asks, If I buy a Sky free-to-air box, can I get Satanta Sport without subscribing to Sky? Hi Keith, it seems the answer to this one is a yes. You don't need to be a Sky subscriber to get Satanta via satellite. You do need a Skybox with a Sky slot, though, and a Sky viewing card. See our show notes. Now, another podline call. Hi, my name is Paul Gelder. I'm calling from Emsworth in Hampshire, and my query is I have a BT home hub, uh, and I want to run an additional home hub because I have an office in the garden. Can I have two home hubs, basically, and uh, I can't operate them at the same time, I'm sure, but I can operate them separately, and it will BT allow me to have two home hubs and what will they charge me? Yes, you can have two home hubs. Basically, you have one connected to your landline and set the other one as a wireless repeater to extend your Wi-Fi range. See our show notes for a link on how to do this. John Long's mailed us. Apparently, the whole of the USA would be going all digital by mid-2009. Why is it that the UK is smaller and it takes four years, but the US can do it in one year? It's all about population. You all live in big empty fields. 
There's millions of us crammed on this little island, you know. Ah, good question, John. Is anyone from the US listening to Frequency Cast? We'd love to hear from you about the state of digital TV in the US, or in fact anywhere else around the world. You can give us a free call using Skype. Our Skype ID is Frequency Cast. Cool, that's fantastic, and I'm going for an Olympic gold in endurance. Don't mention the Olympics. Why not? Told you once. I've made it through the entire show. I'm still awake, look. Do you think anyone else has made it this far? Well, I don't know. I wonder if all of our listeners actually get this far or not. I hope they do, because they're missing out on all the good stuff. (laughs) Anyway, a couple of things I want to mention before we do go. If you missed it, we did an update a couple of weeks ago on the Polaroid Pogo, your little favourite. That was good, actually. Yeah, it's like a whole bit like having boots in your back pocket. So if you missed it, go to our website and catch that online review. Very nice. Good. Two other things we'd love our listeners to do for us. We need a bit of a favour here. Number one, got Facebook? Uh, not personally, but I've heard that one or two other people have. So if you've got Facebook, please become a Frequency Cast fan. We've got a fan page, and we're trying to beat another podcast's fan numbers. So uh, mm, we'd like your help, please. Oh, yeah, definitely. You've got to do that. And they know who they are. We also were after some votes. There's a European Podcast Awards. Now, we mentioned this a couple of shows back. We got nominated. So our listener nominated us. Absolutely. Thank you very much, sir. Um, votes close. Ma'am. Votes close on the 15th of September. So please go to our front page where you'll find the link to the Facebook fan page and also to the European Podcast Awards. And that would be great. I think you guys would have won the award for us. And we'll actually send you a bit of it each. <laughs> and the final thing we want to mention, um, we've been talking for a while now about doing a live show. Now, we've actually got our fingers out and we're planning to do this in mid-September, but only if enough of you are interested. So if you are interested, drop us an email, podcast at frequencycast.co.uk, or send us a text. We want to know what day of the week and what preferred time you would like to hear us do a live show. Two of us? Two of you? A live show on the internet? I make that pims o'clock. Frequency cast. Shutdown in progress. Well, that's it for this frequency cast. If you want to get in touch, you can leave us a voicemail message on 0208 133 4567. Or you can contact us from our site. If you're on the move, text us on 07882 043 521. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Remember to check out the show notes for this show, Show 30 for links to everything we've discussed today. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. Our web address is www.frequencycast.co.uk So that's all with the questions, suggestions and free view plans from thirsty kits to smartphone hits. Catch you on the next show. And please spread the word.